Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration. Well, we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sane, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best lives every day. everybody welcome back to the show where we shine a light on innovators brands and i do it all in the name of the culture i want you to be inspired but most importantly each episode i want you to remember that if she can i can we all can y'all each week i am beyond floored and just amazed at you answering the call and leaving your review so this week i want to give a special shout out to the marketing diva And I want to say thank you. She says, empowerment at its finest. If you're looking for an informative, inspiring, and truly uplifting podcast to add to your list, then you found the perfect one in Brunch and Slate. Amira has a way of making her guests feel right at home and giving you information to help you prosper. Keep up the amazing work and the great content coming. Thank you so much. That was like really cool. I feel a little weird, I'm not going to lie, y'all, reading my name out loud and somebody saying something nice about it, which is probably some deep issues that I need to work out with a, with a therapist. <laughs> but seriously, thank you so much. That was an awesome review. And if you haven't done so already, I'm going to ask right now that you pause if you're not driving. Go ahead, leave us that rating and a review. And if you are sitting, go ahead and share us on your favorite social media platform so I can give you a proper thank you. I'm totally okay with you shouting us out any way you feel best and most comfortable. But reviews are what makes the world go round, and that's how we truly grow. So guys, you know each week I like to give you something that's going to add value to your day, whether that is some inspiration, or if that's someone dropping some nuggets and some gems and reminding you that you're human and it's okay to pivot, whatever it is. This week is no different. Today's guest is somebody who's pretty innovative, I like to think, and somebody who's definitely bold. It's not easy to activate your faith and walk in your dreams. We all know that. We try it. Sometimes we win. Sometimes we don't win. I won't say lose because hopefully we learn from it. But today's guest is the founder of IMG, PR marketing firm. She is a branding expert, event activation guru, and product development specialist. And of course, she knows all about PR. I wanted to have her on the show because I think she has a unique perspective in all those categories. And I know a lot of listeners are doing things like launching products, working on branding strategies, and product development, as well as always, we can always use more PR nuggets. So help me welcome to the show. And I say help me by tune in, turn it up, and give it up for Latoya Hurley. Hey, Latoya. Hey, Amira. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, I'm happy we got to make this happen. I am too. I'm very excited to be here and just share with your audience and, you know, just get great feedback. Um, I've seen such wonderful things and, and so I'm excited to be here. Well, well, thank you. Just fill me up, why don't you? That sounds awesome. <laughs> so I know you wear a lot of hats and your services and your business, you offer a lot. But I also know you started out in corporate America and you took the leap. So before we even dive into all the greatness that you have in IMG, I'd love to know that story because I, a lot of people who are working to build their dreams so that they can take that leap probably have questions. And I know everybody has a different story. So yes. what was that journey like for you before you started? What was your background? 
So my background started, um, and I will take you guys back to the very beginning when I came to the realization that PR and marketing was what I wanted to do. But I started out at a Fortune 500 company, which was waste management. And as most naive kids, I thought that I would work there for the rest of my days. Um, spent five years there working in their municipal accounts department, uh, dealing with city accounts and things of that nature, and out of the blue got laid off. That took me into the oil and gas sector, and I would spend the next um, year and a half working contract and eventually penetrating the oil and gas market and making the leap uh, into oil and gas. And I spent seven years in that sector. When I made the transition, my background was very diverse from everything that I did at Waste Management. The culture there was you um, learn the business inside and out. So you didn't just learn your function, but you were vividly familiar with every other piece of it from logistics to the customer service of it. And so you just weren't focused on marketing. And so my background was very diverse and I was able to transfer that experience into the oil and gas sector. Um, transitioned into being an analyst when I moved over there and then eventually worked my way up the corporate ladder as a senior compliance analyst. Um, in the beginning, when I started in oil and gas, I had a very brief conversation with my brother because during that time frame, friends would always come to me based on my experience and ask for advice and, and things like that. And he said, why not capitalize on the opportunity doesn't have to be anything big, but just go ahead and file for your DBA. At least you are starting to build the infrastructure in the event that you want to utilize it one day and make that your profession. And so what started out as me giving advice eventually started to grow and metamorphosize. At the same token, I'm still fitting at my corporate job um, in which I have no about corporate America. However, it wasn't where my passion was at. And so going into or coming from marketing and going into being an analyst, you're dealing with numbers all day. There was a component where I was dealing with regulators just based on my position, but there's nothing quite like the joy of the marketing piece of it, but also the joy that comes from helping others achieve their goals. Um, so I start working through my career and I'm trying to balance both. It is definitely a balancing act trying to have clients for your business, grow your business, and then also have your corporate job. And I get to a point in my career on the corporate side where I want more. Um, I start looking at the various opportunities. And because when I came into the business, I was on the operations side, I said, I go to my director and I tell him I would like to transition to the other side of the business. That is where I feel like I would be most comfortable and it's also gonna better serve my career. Well, my timing and the company's timing didn't quite align. Um, they supported what I wanted to do. He put me in meetings with various different individuals on the other side of the business, but it wasn't quite lining up with where I was at. And so I was given the option to either make a lateral move to the other side of the business in which it would take me probably at a minimum another four to five years to get to where I was trying to get to um, or, you know, figure out something else. What else would I want to do as it relates to my career within the company? Um, and so it just made me think. And so I had one of those aha moments and a prayer moment also where I came to God and said, okay, God, <laughs> 
I love what I do, but I'm at a point where I can no longer progress in the department that I'm at. I've hit the ceiling. Um, everybody around me is engineers. And so my position was very specialized. I am not going to progress to an engineering role because that is not where my degree is at. In order for me to get to where I want to get to, there's so many roadblocks. What, what is next? And so I felt like the voice that came back to me said, okay, let's grow the business. And if the business hits a certain revenue point, then we start figuring out what the exit strategy. So somewhere at about 2016, 2017, I start focusing all of my energy into my business. Every piece of spare time, I start figuring out how to scale the business. Does that mean staffing? And we go through a bunch of trial and error, whether it was how we structured our contracts, whether it was scaling and adding staff to the business. Everything from there was a process of trial and error where I was trying to figure out what was going to be the perfect mesh. By the time we got to the end of 2017 and coming into 18, God put in my spirit that this is going to be the year of expansion for you. So in 2018, I hit a point where I had matched my corporate income, and that was my revenue goal in my mind to say, once you get to this point now, we start working on the exit strategy. I started uh, building a team, and when I say team, a lot of people think that you have to have everybody on payroll. That does not mean that. I went out and got me a financial advisor and people that could provide the advice and feedback that I needed, people that were knowledgeable and had wisdom so they could guide me into where I was trying to go. He set me up on a financial plan uh, to start saving money, um, how I needed to build my company. He actually had me rewrite my business plan and so many different things to help with the infrastructure for what I was trying to do. And so at the end, of 2018 that was my date that I was going to officially give my notice and so I give my notice at the job and let me tell you it was probably one of the most difficult things that I have ever had to do uh, telling them that I was finally walking away was extremely difficult and it's one of those things where you have that safety blanket that you're holding on to and you think to yourself like okay God I'm holding on to the safety blanket. This is comfortable for me. I, I, I like being here, but making the leap was the most joyful thing that I could have done. And so that pretty much sums it up as to how we arrived here today. Wow. So of course that my mind is going a hundred miles an hour and I'm listening and I'm thinking, you know what I hear? There's a lot of similarities to just our basic needs as humans, right? Yep. We all want, security we want to provide and most folks or most of us will not take the leap of either going down in a role to gain experience uh because of the lifestyles we live right because we have mortgages we have car notes we have children relying on us all these different things but in actuality what is the harm in and just taking that leap, like what is the worst thing that can happen? Oh, you may not live in as big of a house. Is that really the end of the world? You know, like we really have to start asking ourselves that because it's a common thread for all of us to say, I want, like one of the things you said is you wanted something, you wanted to follow your passion. You wanted something that was really answering a call because you were definitely communing and talking to God about it and, and wanting to fill this need, right? Absolutely. So I just wonder, and this is definitely, you know, I really want some feedback here. Why is it you think 
that is so challenging for us to just take a chance on ourselves, even if that means it won't be status quo. Like, why is that so hard? Oh, when I tell, even today, as I continue to figure things out, I call my financial advisor and he's also my business coach. And I mean, he's like, okay, so what are we wanting about today? But I think, like you said, it is the comfort and there is something about, even though it is not as steady as what we think, having a paycheck there every two weeks so that you can afford the lifestyle that you have. And there's no other way that I can explain it. We get so caught up in comfort that we don't want to step outside of that comfort zone. And that tenacity that we have when we are in our 20s, we start to lose that as we move into our 30s and 40s because now we're like, I'm supposed to be more established and making the leap is almost um, within itself starting over. This is uncharted territory. You're going to run into things that you've never seen before just because you've never done this and you're doing a new thing. And so the idea of that is scary. I have had every feeling from anxiety to staying up at night trying to figure it out. And so literally, if I had to pick anything, I was stuck by fear and a place of being in comfort. I can remember my last day at the corporate job. I cried the entire day and had the feeling of wanting to run back in the building as if this was my only lifeline. But comfort, fear, um, all of those emotions that you can think of, uh, those are the two things that I would describe it as. Yeah, I think that definitely those are major, major roles in it. You know, and I think some of it is our learned behavior. You know, Absolutely. I think there's nothing wrong with wanting security, but what's your definition of security? You know, what is it? I can tell you right now, before I moved back to Dallas and went and got our new role in a corporate job, I did, I won't even say sacrifices. I cut a lot of corners to be able to work for myself with Brunch and Slate. And especially in Houston, I, I did a lot, but I also was able to have a lot more time to, for my peace of mind. So the things that I would quote unquote say I cut back on and couldn't do, like I didn't eat out as much as I do, did before. And I probably didn't splurge or vacation like I'd done before, but I don't think I felt empty about that. You know, and I think that's, these are some of the conversations we need to have about entrepreneurship because my definition of entrepreneurship isn't to become some millionaire and, and work in every different city across the, the country. That's great or across the world. I'm not knocking anybody who does. I think we have to really kind of reevaluate what we want, why we want to work for ourselves. Is it just a passion or is there something that we want to attain? Because I think there's no greater peace, like you said, even though you were just paralyzed with fear and had lots of trepidation, the joy that came from knowing you were doing it for yourself, even if it was the same exact amount you made, right? It still was some kind of peace and some, it was a different kind of level of mental space, I would think right? Absolutely. Different level of mental space. Um, you are the one, you, you can make the decision. So let's say you come or a client comes up and there's a project and you're passionate about it. And they may not be able to totally 100% afford your service. When you're in any sort of corporate arena, everything is dictated to you. You are told what to do. Decisions are made at a much higher level than you and it trickles down to you. And so you still have to execute when you are in your business and you are walking in your passion, you make the decision of what you want to do. You help those that you want to help. I am a firm believer in reaching back and just doing things sometimes that 
feel my spirit because you need that. And so you're very correct. Um, that sacrifice, I wouldn't change that at all, ever. We think that we have stability in this, these jobs, but as we're looking at the economy, the economy is up, it's down. In 2009, when I got laid off, it was bottoming out. And these things happen so often and they are happening more now. So the stability that we think that we have, it's truly not there, it's a false sense of security. We should start figuring out what it is that we love. And like you said, we don't have to be wildly wealthy or rich but do something that actually feeds you. That will bring you more fulfillment than anything else. This episode was produced and edited by S1G1 Productions. There's a place that shines a light on women who operate in excellence, a place that creates experiences for women and partners with entrepreneurs and businesses and brands who value your dollars. That place is brunchandslay.com. It's experiences you love, connections you crave, and content that inspires. Brunchandslay.com. We're building something. And now back to Brunch and Slay. I agree 100%. I mean, I enjoy the freedom of taking my daughter to school. And I know you're a hands-on mom too. So you like to go to all the events. And how do you, how does that played out? How's that transit helped in your transition? This has actually been great. And so my daughter is actually going into her senior year. And so I will be able to be there for everything. And I remember um, the first probably, I think, week or two that I was home, my daughter, you got it. We, we serve a funny God. And so I have two kids. Uh, my son is 22. And then my, my daughter is the youngest. One of her teachers called and she is like my just, you know, perfectly well-mannered student my boy is rambunctious but the teacher calls and she's like hey you know we're having an issue with your daughter at school she's you know talking and I'm like not princess <laughs> and so the fact that I was home I was actually I asked her I said well hey what are your office hours I'm actually at home I've never had an issue with my daughter before and I stay uh in the suburbs Richmond Texas I, I would love to come sit down with you understand what happened and literally I was able to go to the school within 30 minutes, sit down with her. She called my daughter and it was a misunderstanding. When I was working in the corporate arena, I was in downtown Houston. There's no way I could have gotten to that school and or left my office just based on my obligations. And so I am excited that I'm able to now be that much more flexible for things that may come up that she needs and not just, you know, I would attend the extracurricular activities, but now I can be there as a support system when other things may arise. And so it, 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 it's amazing. I'm looking forward to being there for her, for her senior year, for anything that she may need and just helping with that transition because she wants to move out of state. So we get to spend more time together. How cool is that though? Yeah, I love that. And I, and I won't even take over this because I, I am known to go left when we're thinking we're going right in the middle of an interview because I can keep on this topic for on and on and on. But <laughs> <laughs> I know folks who are listening want to get some some good nuggets. So I got to know, this is this is something that tickles me and I love to ask this question. What are some of the PR myths that you see people practicing all the time and you wish they would stop? <laughs> uh, a lot of people think that we are magicians. And, and we are. We make magic happen. However, you still as an entrepreneur have to do the work. You still 
you know, PR, we publicize, we bring to light how great you are or how unique you are. And so one of the first things that I always ask brands is what is the story behind your brand? You have to be able to tell your story. You have to be as passionate as you would like for me to be as I'm going out and trying to secure you this media placement. And so sometimes people think that, oh, it's just a, you know, a magic trick or, or we sprinkle some fairy dust and then poof, media shows up. But you have to be just as magical as what I'm selling them. And you have to be able to tell people why they should believe in your brand. And so that's one of the, I think the, if I had to say anything, people just think that we, we are magicians and can make anything happen, but there's a lot of behind the scenes work that has to go on. And there's a lot of work that has to also come from the entrepreneurs, because as I tell people, it's a partnership that we enter into. Even though we are working together, it is truly a partnership and everybody has to do their part. One person is not bigger than the other one. Oh, yeah, I, I, I could totally see how that would happen, especially with folks who are getting outside of their comfort zone. They're kind of seeking your resources so they don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So, OK, you get to work in a lot of different arenas from branding and product launching. Right now, who's on your dream board? What products would you like to launch or who would you like to work with? Ooh, dream board. I would love to do an event activation that was centered around some sort of new technology that was launching. Maybe some, you know, something that's virtual or things like that provide that type of experience. Those would be the things that I would say are the most exciting. Um, that's something that people can touch, feel. It leaves them with just a different experience and it's cutting edge. And so I would love to be um, in front of something like that or be able to work on a team of that sort of product launch if I get the opportunity. Oh yeah, that would be cool. So speaking of tech, what tech can you absolutely not live without? Ooh. <laughs> if I had to say anything because I, I don't have, so I have devices, but I don't rely on them. I will say I've got a tablet, I've got my computer and all these different things. I think the only thing that I have become super reliant upon is my cell phone. I'm still somewhat very old school. And so even though a lot of stuff is in my cell phone, when I go to meetings, I'm very basic and take notes, but my cell phone is kind of uh, where my lifeline is. All of my meetings are set up here. Every, I think if I lost my cell phone, that would be the only thing that would kill me. If the computer broke, <laughs> I'd be like, fine, it's gone. <laughs> and so now I gotta ask, are you Droid or, or Apple? I am Droid. What? How, how did you make it past security? What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> no, my I'm, I live in a split household. I'm Apple all the way, and my husband is so anti-Apple. So we literally have two different computers, and like every you know everything is separate, like everything. <laughs> no, but that's cool. I always like to know that because with technology, with me, I, I I'm enjoying tech a whole lot more, and I guess I'm all connected, so all of my devices kind of sync, and I'm definitely a note taker on my iPad or on my phone, and I love that I can pick up one device and you know everything is transferred. And I've fallen in love recently with Evernote. So, um, man, life-changing. And I'm sure you, if you're a note-taker, you probably will enjoy it. I know you don't, you want the paper, but you probably will enjoy it. So it's just funny. check it out. 
because literally just this week, my financial advisor, I'm at his office meeting with him and I ended up spending the day there working. He's like, why are you taking antiquated notes on paper? And so he, he's like, what device? Because he's team iPhone. So he's like, you don't have to get an iPad, but I'm going to need you to get something and upgrade. <laughs> so I'm like, I will take a look at the, the, the technology and see what I want to add. But I will say I'm kind of, you know, the, move at my own pace with that. I'm like, I'll take a look and let you know. But it's, it's something that I'm looking into. So I'm glad that you made a recommendation on one that you've used already. See how the spirit moves, girl? That's a sign. <laughs> that is a sign. Now, I know you also do a lot of great projects that kind of give back to the community and shine a light on causes. And you have the Pink and Black Breast Cancer Foundation event so this in a few months? Yes, we do. Yes, that is very exciting for us. Um, one of my clients, Dr. Jackie, she is a 11 year breast cancer survivor. And so we were sitting down trying to figure out how we could make the greatest impact when we were strategizing for her this year. And she said, I wanna do something to where we not only bring awareness to breast cancer because she always partners with various different entities, but she was uh, wanting to be able to financially support a lot of those initiatives um, as it relates to mammograms and things that prevent us from being able to find out or, or get the help that we need. Breast cancer is 100% preventable if caught in time. And what, when it comes down to the mortality rate, a lot of people don't survive just because they find out so late in the game. So we're putting this event on, 100% of the proceeds will be donated to the roads here locally. And for every two tickets that are bought, that will fund one mammogram for a woman and or man because we are now finding out that men can contract breast cancer also. Wow, what a great cause. So I'm quite excited. Yeah, so I you know for me, I guess the thing that keeps me going even when I really just want to stop is honestly I just really enjoy connecting with people and I love being that connector. I love knowing that somebody's going to listen to this and say, oh, I want to go to that event. Or how can I support her? Or let me tap into her services. What is that thing that keeps you trucking along? Because I'm sure there are moments when you just want to say, no, I'm, where's my resume? <laughs> Every day. <laughs> <laughs> right? So let's be real. Like, what is that thing that like keeps you when you know you're at the computer about to, about to submit, submit, what says, no, stop? What's that thing? The thing that probably keeps me going is uh, conversations like this, conversations from women that I meet when I am out at events, uh, or like with this breast cancer event, I've been in conversation with several organizations that will be uh, partnering with us and also sponsoring the event. And you hear some of the same common stories where, where they tell you, oh my God, my sister got diagnosed with breast cancer. This touches home for me. Or you talk to the woman that has a similar story to yours um, and they felt like they were alone in what they were doing. And I can, I've heard people say, you know, oh my God, every time I see you, I just, I'm inspired and you, you, carry yourself so well and you think to yourself you're like Psh, you have no clue what's going on <laughs> you, think, you think to yourself you know i wish that 
somebody would have tapped me on my shoulder on those days when I was crying about, you know, whatever, whether it was when I got laid off or when I felt like things were tough in the corporate arena or when I made the leap and say, hey, you can do it. And so that's what keeps me going to be able to help others and reach back and say, girl, you got this. And so even on a, a personal level, I, you know, personally have a group text of women that I reach out to and, and constantly encourage or just make sure that I take the extra time to give people tender love and care when they come and they tell me their story and say, oh, you know, my aunt had breast cancer. Okay, let's figure out how we can either get this information out or make this work. But it's the people that I touch and the stories that I hear that keep me inspired and make me want to keep going. Oh, I love that. And, you know, it's funny. And I, I had no intentions of this becoming the like get up and try girls show. But <laughs> no, I, I every time I'm, everything I'm hearing from you just keeps reminding me that I think we put way too much pressure on ourselves to walk this path that we design in our head. You're not failing anybody. Nobody has those expectations of you, but you. Yep. Very true. <laughs> very, Nobody's very going to, even if you start your own business and you do it for two years and then you're over it, right? You don't have to explain it to anybody if you go back to work, nor do you have to explain it to anybody if you have to go back to work because there's nothing, that's why you went to school for something to fall back on, right? That's the whole point. <laughs> and here's what's funny that you say that I told my financial advisor because there have been moments where I'm crying and it's funny because everything that you said about lifestyle I'm, I, I have told him, I'm like, we're not, you know, we were supposed to go to Spain this year. And he was like, boo-hoo, Toya, you can't go out the country. Let me <laughs> cry my heart out. And I'm like, I'm having to change my whole lifestyle. And you're right. We put these expectations, but I told him, I said, I'm giving myself two years. And so if I've got to make these sacrifices, I'm going to make these sacrifices, but I'm not embarrassed to say, this may not necessarily be for me and let me restructure the plan. Um, I'm a firm believer in going to therapy. I went for about a year and a half, almost two years, about a year ago. And you figure out all of those things, but growing up as a child and due to no fault of anyone else's, I had a stigma within myself where I felt like I wasn't good enough. And so consequently, I pushed myself in everything that I did so I could be the best. And it has helped me to be successful, but also it has breeded this monster of anxiety inside of me. And so I, you know, I'm having to figure out how to put that monster to rest. Nobody put these expectations on you. There is no shame in going back to work. There's no shame in having a job because sometimes here in this culture, you hear people say make the leap. Everybody may not be meant for entrepreneurship and that's okay. It's about not being afraid and living fearlessly. If you are, don't let fear keep you from making that leap. Try it. You may realize this is for you and you do phenomenally, or you may say, hey, this is not for me and I think I want to go a different direction. And either scenario is okay. You know, I like to tell myself when I have those boohoo moments about, oh, my back hurts, I would love a massage and I used to be able to get one anytime I wanted and all that foolery that we say. I'm like, you know what? That's first world problems. That's rich people problems. And anybody, yeah. in my opinion, who lives in America, you're, you, you're rich. Because if you haven't traveled this world and see how other people live, then you are mistaken. So I don't care what climate we're in politically or anything. This is first, first world. We have luxuries that other people dream about. Absolutely. Um, so that puts it in perspective. And then another thing I've tried to incorporate 
is when I find myself getting full of anxiety, and you just triggered this thing in my head when you said that. It's um, sometimes I try to remember that anxiety comes from worrying about the future. Oh, if yeah. I stay in the present, right, then that anxiety alleviates. And that doesn't mean that, oh, that's easy to say when you know how your rent's gonna get paid. No. But if I'm in the present and I can say, what can I do right now in this moment to help me reach those funds? my whole perspective changes. And typically guess what that phone call, that email you've been waiting on something, because that is the true definition of let go and let God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? It is. You hit the nail on the head and, and, it, and that sums it up as an entrepreneur, you are looking to see where's that next paycheck. How am I going to pay these bills? But that's when you're looking at, okay, what about tomorrow? What about the next day? When you are living in the present, you're not worried about that. You are focused. You are, you are there and you're figuring it out and you're saying, okay, what am I going to come up with as a solution? You know, what phone calls do I make? Do I need to go out and prospect a little bit more, but you're living in the present. And when we're focusing on, you know, how am I going to pay these bills? You're not there. Your, your mind is not there. So no. you're sidetracked. <laughs> you're no. everywhere. But and you're a scatterbrain. Let's tell the truth. You're all <laughs> over the place. You're doing nothing in excellence. And I literally had to find a balance here lately because my corporate job is very demanding, which I love though. So I, I'm not complaining. I truly felt like I was put in a position to help me learn even more about the different things that I was already doing. And I, I don't know what that means, but I love it. And that's where I'm at. And because of that, and then still running a bunch of slay and moving to a new city and all these different variables, which I could be excuses, but it's just life. Um, I literally was all over the freaking place. I couldn't figure out what, where the attention needed to go, when it needed to go and what that balance was. And I went to meditating even more. I've already a meditator, but I just forced myself. Okay, we're going to do it twice a day until you get an answer. Just be quiet. Just be quiet. Just be quiet. You know? And one of my meditations about three months ago said, choose with intention. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Oh, choose everything with intention. Okay, I held on to that, right? And then that helped me for about a month and a half. Then I fell off, couldn't figure out what it was. And then recently in meditation, it came to me, that wasn't the end of the sentence. So now my mantra is, and I hope somebody can, can relate to this and it helps somebody because I'm definitely not trying to school Latoria. But my mantra right now is to choose with intention to operate in focused excellence. No, I love it. And for me, that's, that, that slows me down in those anxiety moments. As soon as I start being scatterbrained or drop the bomb, like you weren't choosing it with intention. You weren't focused on that one project at a time. It literally has helped me. And that's what I'm saying this month. Y'all don't come up to me six months from now talking about, are you still saying, I don't know. I'm telling you what I'm doing today. <laughs> It's working right now. So hopefully it helps somebody else, man. And, and then Latoya, I know one of the things that's really important to me is that anytime I have somebody take their time out of their day and their life to share their story and their journey and let me, and humor me by letting me dig into all their business, I want to pay it for it. So I have to know what vibes or prayers can we send your way to help you along your journey? Um, just that I am continuing to choose the path that he wants me to choose. That has always been, I, I think, the biggest thing, my biggest concern. Um, like you said, choosing excellence. I like to choose in excellence. I like to choose in purpose. I, I, I like to do things that are going to align with me and also my brand. And so um, those are the prayers that I would say, just continue to ask that I am walking down the path that he wants me to go down. And as a, a girlfriend and as a sister, like if you see me going down the wrong path, like, hey, girlfriend, 
That ain't that, that ain't that excellence that we talked about. And, and, <laughs> you cutting corners, girl. You cutting like <laughs> <laughs> that has always been my biggest fear. Um, like you said, in moments of desperation, and I won't call them desperation, but where you're having that anxiety and you're not living in the moment for today, and you start worrying, and, and you look at some opportunities that don't necessarily align with your brand, and you're like, well, gosh, should I take it because that's a paycheck? Mm-hmm. I want to be able to walk down the path that he has designated for me and still be able to make the right decisions in the face of the, that type of opposition. Yeah, that's, and, and I'm, I'm sending those vibes your way and I know you will continue to, and I, and I know exactly what you're talking about. It's very, and I, I may, I've, I've shared that, that in those moments, sometimes you're, you just take things and you realize that you wind up ha- being not so happy with yourself because you feel like you did a disservice to what you were supposed to do. But I also think sometimes too, I know for me anyway, although, you know, I I do know some entrepreneurs who've been successful in my family, it still is pretty much a new territory with the aspect of what the genre where I am. So I don't necessarily have a blueprint. And that for me was scary at sometimes, which that's not what made me go back to work at all. It was just like, am I doing the right thing? This constant, am I doing the right thing? Is it, is it the right, is it the right, is it right? I wanted to make sure I didn't fail. You know, like you said, I wanted to do what was called for me to do. So I totally understand that 100%. So this Saturday, you can brunch with anybody in the world that are alive. Who are you brunching with? You know who I would want to brunch with? Michelle Obama. (laughs) Ah, she is a hot topic this season. Yes, we're going to have to get her because we got a a good group of people who want to sit in front of her. So I'm with you on that. I just, I, I, everything that she portrays, especially in this climate, speaks excellence. Um, I went to go see her in Dallas, funny. I didn't, they announced Dallas before they announced Houston. And she is just a phenomenal force to be reckoned with. How she, you know, chose to be with Barack. Everything about her story is in excellence. And that's how I want to walk. I want to exude where people look back and my story inspires folks and you hear it and you're like, wow. And she's just so regal and graceful. That is who I would love to have brunch with. Oh yeah. And I'm going to say this since we are on the, we've been talking about this substantially on this show. Uh, If you guys haven't read the book, read it because I want y'all to know how real world Michelle Obama is from the way she grew up in this small 900 square foot apartment with her brother, her sister, her mom, and her dad Mm -hmm. to the way her and President Obama lived prior to him becoming president in a condo up until they did everything they had to to scrounge up to get a house. They were educated, Harvard, Princeton, right? And everybody would think that they were probably living in this ginormous house. No, they were living in a small condo with their two daughters, doing what it took to live their dreams so that they could answer the call. So I say that to say, don't be afraid to downsize. You owe no one any explanation. You owe no one nothing. That is correct. Absolutely. Everything about their story is inspiring. And so the sacrifices that they made, hearing about, you know, his transition into politics, everything, like, don't you don't you don't owe anybody an explanation and that you hear that in her conversation too about some of the other wives are you going to quit your job mm-hmm. <laughs> right exactly exactly and i i felt her pain so it, i loved it and i and I, again will say i would love to be a part of that brunch so now latoya everybody knows you and they're in love with you now where can they follow you how can they support you 
I try to keep it as simplistic as possible on social media. If you want to follow my personal page, it's Latoya Hurley. If you are looking to follow the company on Facebook and or Instagram, it's innovative underscore marketing on Instagram and innovative marketing group on Facebook. Yes. So I cannot thank you enough for sharing your story with us tonight and your journey. I know I got a a little twist in my step now because I'm like, you know what? We are a group. We are a tribe. We are connecting. We are building and winning. And I'm honored that you chose Brunch of Slay to share your story. No, I'm honored that you guys had me. Thank you so much. And we will continue to brunch and slay. Yes, ma'am. We always will. So so y'all, if you love this show as much as I love chatting with Latoya and sharing this story with you, be sure to head over to patreon.com forward slash brunch and slay and find out how you can support the show for as little as $1 a month. You know, we are a listener supported show and I value all of your feedback and opinions. So be sure to leave that review. And until next time, I'm Amira. Shine on, ladies. Shine on. Bye.